Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 135 Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, you that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to her name, for she is gracious, for the Lord has chosen Jacob for herself, Israel as her own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, she does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. She it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth. She makes lightnings for the rain, and brings out the wind from the storehouses. She it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both human beings and animals. She sent signs and wonders into your midst, O Egypt, against Pharaoh and against all his servants. She struck down many nations and killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to her people Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate her people and have compassion on her servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear, and there is no breath in their mouths. Those who make them, and all who trust them, shall become like them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, she who resides in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Daniel chapter 6 verses 1 through 28. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, stationed throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three presidents, including Daniel. To those to these satraps he gave account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Soon Daniel distinguished himself above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to appoint him over the whole kingdom. So the presidents and the satraps decided, uh, tried to find grounds for complaint against Daniel in connection with the kingdom. But they could f- find no grounds for complaint or any corruption because he was faithful and no negligence or corruption could be found in him. The men said, we shall, not try, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So the presidents and satraps conspired and came to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an interdict that whoever prays to anyone, divine or human, for thirty days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into a den of lions. Now, O king, establish the interdict and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and interdict. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go to his house, 
which had windows in its upper room, open toward Jerusalem, and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him, just as he had done previously. The conspirators came and found Daniel praying and seeking mercy before his God. Then they approached the king and said concerning the interdict, O king, did you not sign an interdict that anyone who prays to anyone, divine or human, within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into a den of lions? The king answered, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they responded to the king, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the interdict you have signed, for he is saying his prayers three times a day. When the king heard this change, he was very much distressed. He was determined to save Daniel, and until the sun went down, he made every effort to rescue him. Then the conspirators came to the king and said to him, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no interdict or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king gave the command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you faithfully serve, deliver you. A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No food was brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at daybreak, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions. When he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously to Daniel, O Daniel! Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you faithfully served, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel then said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me, because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be brought up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. The king gave a command, and those who had accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. Before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples and nations of every language throughout the whole world, May you have abundant prosperity. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people should, should tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion has no end. He delivers and rescues, he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, and he has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. 1 John chapter 2, verses 12-17 through I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young people, because you have conquered the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young people, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things of the world. The love of the Father is not in those who love the world. For all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the the pride and riches, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desire are passing away, but those who do the will of God live forever. Good morning and welcome to the second Tuesday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Beach, California.
This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 135, Daniel 6, and 1 John 2. Um, And I'm a little freaked out um, because uh, when I'm writing, uh, what I was writing yesterday for the book, for God is a Grunt and More Good News for GIs, um, is actually appearing in these readings. Um, This week and last week I've been working on Ignatius of Loyola and his spiritual exercises and comparing it to um, this uh, total force fitness and uh, the subset of spiritual fitness. Um, It's now being called ideological and spiritual fitness, which is kind of weird, but um, you have to accommodate uh, the least of these, even if they're like less than 1% of the population, um, and the atheists and free thinkers, I can't remember, but there was some concern that that <laughs> I don't know. It's fascinating to read some of the history where spirituality um, is not diluted enough. It has to be diluted even further to, I don't know, be ideological. Um, anyway, um, I, uh, I'm reading this uh, stuff in, in light of prayer and daily prayer and, and what Christians have called the divine office, which is essentially just fixed prayer times through the day. And I always thought that we just kind of inherited it from Judaism, and there's actually a debate um, as to where and how it originated uh, in Judaism and in the Old Testament, uh, otherwise known as the Hebrew Scriptures. And um, the consensus actually appears to be that there wasn't any formal fixed period for prayer, um, that it was just kind of an informal thing that people did, um, but that it was never like prescribed, um, which is odd because there's a lot of things that are prescribed really clearly in Numbers and Deuteronomy and Exodus and elsewhere. Um, But prayer was never um, a a formal thing in the Hebrew scriptures. Um, But uh, there is a, a group of scholars, um, Jewish scholars, who think that it, it does make an appearance in Daniel 6, where it talks about Daniel prays three times a day. Um, and he doesn't do this to kind of like stick it in King Darius's eye. Um, it's just something that he does. And um, these scholars point to this and a small handful of other instances in the Bible um, the Hebrew scriptures where, or the Hebrew Bible, um, where some form is given to prayer time. And it's not exactly clear what prayer is for Daniel. And that was my question as I write this chapter with Ignatius and a spiritual exercise. Um, and listeners already are well aware that um, first formation um, is both the name of, at least in the army, of the, well, the earliest formation of the day where you have roll call, roll call and then begin PT, or physical training. Um, but it's also a uh, the, the first thing that monks and other very devout Christians do is pray, and prayer is formative. Um, and so the, the first prayer of the day I, I call first formation, which is the name of the podcast. Um, but when you dig into um, the Hebrew Bible, um, it's actually not really clear what prayer means. There's two um, words that appear to be um, 
that 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 are translated as prayer. One is Palal, and the other is I'm going to forget it. Ata, I think. But Palal is occurs much more frequently, about four times more frequently than Ata, and it's translated very often as prayer, but also um, intercession, mediation, um, expectation, and so there's this there's something more than just this image that we have in our head of, you know, you fold your hands and you talk to God. That's a really sh- uh, narrow and superficial understanding of what prayer has meant for the Judeo-Christian tradition. Um, in those moments, in those passages where palal is used, it's very often associated with some kind of activity. Um, one of them that I came across just today was, or uh, yesterday was, um, uh, laying. You know, the uh, somebody was praying for Pharaoh or something, and uh, or no, it wasn't Pharaoh. It was Abimelech. Um, when Abraham tells Sarah, who's his half sister, tell everybody you're my sister. Well, she does that, and somebody takes her to be his wife, and that gets the guy Abimelech in trouble. And God comes to Abimelech in a dream and says, um, you need to um, go back to Abraham and have him pray for you um, because you've done something evil in, in my sight. And what? Uh, so Abimelech goes and asks Abraham's forgiveness, and he gives him a bunch of money and other shit. And then Abraham prays. It, isn't just, it doesn't just stand alone. Um, in another one, there's... Um, the, uh, one of the prophets lays prostrate for 40 days and 40 nights, and that is described as prayer. Um, and so prayer for us in the modern era, we often think of it just like talking under our breath or silently or loud to God. And that's a really narrow understanding of prayer. Frederick Douglass in his autobiography, um, the abolitionist and statesman, said, um, Prayer really didn't do much for me. Praying for freedom didn't accomplish much of anything until I started praying with my legs. Um, about 100 years later, Abraham Heschel, the, the, the rabbi um, who marched with Martin Luther King uh, from Selma, said uh, he was asked, because it was on a Sabbath, uh, he was asked, you know, have you gotten an opportunity to visit a house of prayer here in Selma? because um, Heschel is a New Yorker, and they were down in Alabama. And Heschel answered, saying, um, as we marched, it felt as though I was praying with my feet. And that sense of prayer seems to be the much more um, living and vibrant and biblical sense of prayer that we get um, in the Hebrew Bible and, and the New Testament. Um and how frequently we do that, and this is what kind of fascinates me, um, the prescriptive times of prayer began to take shape right around the time the New Testament was taking shape, the temple was about to be destroyed, and um, this thing, um, uh, ancient Judaism, um, ceases to be with the with the temple being destroyed. The centrality of the sacrifices could no longer be be performed, and so on. In one way went rabbinical Judaism, and in another went Christianity. And each now have, you know, highly prescriptive, ritualized forms of prayer. 
Christians call it the divine office. Um, and various forms of Judaism have their own thing as well that I'm not nearly as familiar with. But at the time uh, of the New Testament, there were three times when they would pray based off of this reading in Daniel. One would be in the morning as the temple gates opened. Um, that was morning prayer, first formation. Um, sometime between dawn, which was zero hour, and the twelfth hour, or I'm sorry, the sixth hour, which was noon. So dawn was at six or, or approximately zero six. And that also happens to be when I would wake up and get ready for first formation. The second prayer time, the afternoon prayer time, um, is called mincha, which is the same word for the sacrifices of Cain and Abel in Genesis. It is offering. So the afternoon prayer time coincided with the daily grain offering, um, or just the daily sacrifice, essentially. Often it was grain, um, but it could also be animals. And then the evening prayer time had to be um, no later than, or it couldn't be any earlier than an hour and a half before sunset, which was thought of as um, the 12th hour, um, or you know, approximately 6 p.m. And military would call it... Um, 1800. Um, but the the most important one is the afternoon prayer time. In Acts, we see that Peter and John are going at the hour of prayer, which uh, is named as um, uh, the ninth hour, which is 1500. Ninth hour after 06 or dawn is 1500, which is 3 p.m., which is the same hour of time, the same hour at which Jesus dies on the cross. Um, and so this afternoon prayer coincides with the sacrifice, such that sacrifice, or the offering, and the prayer, the mincha and the and the mincha, which is this offering to God, are are parallel. They're synonymous, and it's not something that you just that just leaves your lips. It's not only the ritual of the sacrifice, but it's the actually actual getting up and doing of the thing that we offer to God. Um, when, when Christians talk about being a living sacrifice, it is that is synonymous with how Paul calls us to pray without ceasing. It is possible if you live your life in such a way that what you do every day, routinely, is done as something that honors God. And that's what prayer means, to honor God, to give God what God is due, not just with your words, but with your very life. Um, and you might do it one time a day. Uh, you might do it three times a day. The divine office has anywhere between five and seven um, times per day. Um, but to, in every time, prayer is not that thing it's not the noises that come out of our mouth if we speak audibly. It's not those little, you know, whispers in our head uh, as our as uh, you know our tongue dances behind our lips, as uh, Dave Crowder says in uh, one of my favorite songs. Um, it is the it is the the whole embodiment of our lives as an offering to God that forms prayer. Um, it is the acts that we do to go to the temple, to make our sacrifice at a prescribed time routinely. You know, it's not how many times, it's how you make it a routine, how it becomes habit, 
and it then becomes who you are so that your life is a prayer, um, is a, an offering to God so that it might actually, in your life, your life may serve as God's answer to someone else's prayer. That is what prayer means, and that is what um, the world um, has such difficult time with when you know you don't act in your own self-interest, but you act to glorify God and um, to um, respond to the prayers of others that arise to God with your life, with what you do, not just a you know once in a while thing, but in everything that you do, um, you are answering someone's prayer to God, um, and thereby being uh, the body of Christ, the member of uh, you know a member of the body of Christ here in the world. A prayer of self dedication from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and eternal God. So draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you. And then use us, we pray you, as you will, and always to your glory and the welfare of your people, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.